just because you're not giving your kids pancakes every day doesn't mean you don't love them. Like all your children really want is quality time with you. And guess what? You're going to give them better quality time when your blood sugar is balanced, when you're not craving, when you're not crashing, when you're not irritable, when you can focus because all of these same effects that I'm talking about for children, when they have proper blood sugar balance, we have as adults. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. You and I both know that it has never been more confusing to figure out what to eat. Every health guru has an opinion about what to eat, and they often clash with other very stark differing opinions. It's no wonder millions of people fail at fad diets every single year, because many of these fad diets are simply not sustainable. Now, over the past 10 years, I have sifted through piles and piles of research articles on what to eat to heal the body, and I have walked away with three important truths. Number one, Hormones matter more than calories when it comes to having a healthy, energized body. And this is especially true for women. Number two, real whole foods that feed our gut, protect our liver, and love our hormones are best. And number three, it is always important to take blood sugar balance into account when it comes to eating food. And we are beginning to realize that maintaining blood sugar balance with real foods is critical to supporting brain function, mood, energy, reproductive health, not to mention our overall metabolism, which we know creates cellular energy for each of us to simply do life on a daily basis. Now, given the importance of maintaining stable blood sugar levels throughout the day, not only for each and every one of us, but also for the people around us, right? Our family, including our kids. I wanted to have a conversation about how easy it can be to whip up a plate of food that addresses the three important truths that I just shared a minute ago. See, balancing your plate with real food is beyond important, and that's really where it starts. So I invited Kelly Levesque to break down how to create a balanced plate and make it so very doable. Now, I'm super excited to bring Kelly on to talk about her Fab Four philosophy and how she has perfected it, not only for adults, but also for young kids too. Now, the Fab Four philosophy is a mix of protein, fats, fiber, and greens. And it is very similar to my hormone-loving trifecta, which is lean, healthy protein, healthy fats, and fiber in the form of green leafy veggies and fiber-rich veggies. Now, the difference between Kelly and my food philosophy is that she has the green leafy veggies in a separate category relative to fiber, which is in another category. Now, fiber would be like the broccoli, the cauliflower, squashes, cucumber, bell peppers. And what I love is that she is showcasing greens in their own category because they are so important but they're not going to get you that fiber that you also need to support the gut, to support your digestive tract, right? To support your body overall. And so having them in separate categories really just shines the importance of how we equally need both. Now, when I think about all four of those, right? Protein, fat, fiber, greens, I think about one of the simplest and easiest ways to incorporate all of those into a meal. And that is with green smoothies. Now, I have loved green smoothies since 2009. I have 
have the same Vitamix that I make my green smoothies in. Now, green smoothies for Kingston, right? I've had that Vitamix before. I even knew Alex, my husband. That's how long I've had it. And I think about these smoothie recipes, they always contain a lot of mixed greens. They contain frozen veggies like frozen cauliflower, which is flavorless and amazing. It's frozen mixed berries, which adds more fiber and antioxidants. I always opt for avocados as my healthy fat. You could do chia seeds or coconut oil, and then using a really clean protein powder, like a bone broth protein powder. I know Kelly's going to be talking about that during our conversation. And when you think about it, this smoothie literally hits all four categories of the Fab Four philosophy, and it has you feeling full and energized to start your day, or maybe it's for lunch or even dinner. Now, if you've been looking for some easy green smoothie and shake recipes, when I was first starting or when I had been making them for a long time, I was like, man, I need, I need to re-up on some different recipes. I have the perfect little gift for you today, which is my quick and healthy smoothie and shake guide to increase your energy, improve your digestion and metabolism. And you're going to love my personal favorite, which is my chocolate almond butter shake. Plus there are many, many others that contain just like berry bliss, raspberry chocolate shakes. I mean, it just gets really fun and, and they taste delicious. So I'm going to have the link to to this guide in the show notes for this episode for you to go and check out. So now that I hooked you up with some amazing, delicious smoothie recipes, I want to invite Kelly onto the show, but first I want to sing her praises. Kelly Levesque is a holistic nutritionist, wellness expert, and celebrity health coach. She's the best-selling author of Body Love and Body Love Every Day. In 2020, she launched the Be Well by Kelly podcast to further provide listeners with her nutrition and wellness wisdom and to introduce them to other health professionals with a wide array of experience and expertise. You can check out her programs, the Fab Four Philosophy, her protein powder, and the podcast on her website, kellylevesque.com. Let's bring Kelly on to the show. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Kelly, honey, how are you doing this morning? I'm really good. I'm really looking forward to Mother's Day and I just have a lot of fun events and and things going on this week. So it's really nice to meet you. I've been looking forward to this and excited to be here. Mm. And how are you going to be spending Mother's Day? I'm actually going to be at the beach. So um, I, fun fact, I've never colored my hair once. I probably get it cut twice a year, which I think all hairstylists are cringing right now if they're listening to this podcast. Me too. But <laughs> I mean, when does that happen, right? So I have a haircut on Friday and we're going to go to the beach as a family on Sunday, just like pack a picnic and ground, turn my phone off, just hang out with the boys. 
Mm. And when you pack uh, picnics for the park or for the beach, because today we're going to be talking about balancing blood sugar, which is one of my favorite topics. That's why I wanted you on the show because I wanted to have this really fun conversation. But also, I just love the way that you're able to educate about balancing our plates so that we create that to make it so easy. So heading to the beach, heading to a picnic with the boys, what are some things that you love to bring to help balance for everybody, balance their blood sugar? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a couple of examples of things that go in our, yeah, our little like carry on Yeti, our little Yeti cooler. Um, and then I'll explain the science behind it. So some of the things that we bring include things like beef sticks from Thrive Market or Chomps. Um, we bring mini olive packs from Thrive Market. If you've seen those, they also have them at Trader Joe's right now. We'll bring maybe some blueberries because they don't squish like blackberries and raspberries, maybe some strawberries. My boys love apples. So we'll bring some apples when I, I also like this paleo mix from Thrive Market, which is like a, basically a savory chipotle kind of mix with, it has cashews and walnuts and pecans. It's just pretty kind of like a trail mix, but without the dried fruit, what else do we bring for snacks? My kids used to use those serenity pouches, serenity kids. They have beef and salmon and bison, and they're actually pretty low glycemic, which is nice. It has a little bit of protein, a fat, like olive oil and some fiber rich veggies, like maybe some squash and some spinach and some kale. And then a lot of times I'll pack a smoothie in. I like those either like a a hydro flask or a Yeti. I'm known for making smoothies. It's kind of how I started my career, but, but basically Blood sugar balance can be supported by the food that we eat if we're eating a mix of macronutrients. So protein, fat, and whole food carbohydrates like fiber-rich veggies, cucumber, asparagus. That's also like a big favorite for the beach is just a, if you have those stasher silicone bags, those reusable bags will... I'll shove some carrot sticks or carrot chips. I try to avoid buying the baby carrots just because it's like my kids are under three (laughs) or three and under. So we're like avoiding that choking hazard, but the sticks are a better shape. And even the chips, if you can find those or even cut your own carrots into those thin sort of chips, Persian cucumbers, Mm -hmm. um, red pepper sticks, those are easy and packed with water. So great at hydrating the kids when they're at the beach, when they're not really focused on water. And then speaking of water, we'll bring big, you know, stainless steel bottles full of water. And a lot of times I'm, I'm putting some element in there, which is an electrolyte mix without sugar. A lot of electrolytes on the market, things that you'll find at Costco, like liquid IV or things like that loaded with sugar. I mean, that is uh, liquid sugar was a, is the number one thing to mess up blood sugar. That is your juices, your Gatorades, your electrolyte drinks, any type of liquid sugar added to baked goods like honey, maple syrup, granulated sugar, all of those like liquid sugars to flour-based products like white flours, they're notorious for completely dysregulating our blood sugar because they digest so quickly. So I think the most important thing for your listeners to understand is what creates blood sugar. Well, any and all carbohydrates create blood sugar. So we can talk about those liquid carbohydrates, like the juices and the Gatorades, those, if we drink them, they head into our stomach, they're absorbed into our bloodstream almost immediately. And there is a fast roller coaster spike of blood sugar happening there. And so then you think at things like, think about things like baked goods, right? Again, these are things that break down. They're already, they're already flour based. They're going to digest so quickly and end up in our bloodstream or a kid's bloodstream spiking blood sugar really quickly. So we want to think about the things that 
are naturally wrapping up sugar and starch. And these are fiber-based foods. Like I mentioned the berries, like raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, apples. Uh, When you think about the sugars present in those fruits, they're actually wrapped up in a fiber cell. So your kid or yourself, we literally need to chew through that fiber to release the sugar and starch. So it actually naturally slows down the release of sugar into our bloodstream. And what slows it down even more is to make sure that you're having mixed macronutrients. So let's say you did have a handful of berries or you had an apple. When you're pairing that apple with a nut butter that's full of protein, fat, and fiber, you're actually what we call dressing that carbohydrate in clothing or you know mixing that meal to slow down the digestion of that meal. And so For me, when it comes to educating the parents that I work with, the clients that I work with, I am all about blood sugar balance. I want to teach them, one, how to balance the carbohydrates that they're eating, how to choose carbohydrates correctly, like whole food carbohydrates, make sure those carbohydrates are paired with a protein, a fat, and a fiber. And then to also consider all the things that aren't breaking down to blood sugar, but that are essential for your health. So these are essential amino acids from proteins. These are essential fatty acids from fats. Those are your omegas, for example. But the protein piece and the fat piece, and even the fiber piece, when you think about having cucumber or asparagus or any of those non-starchy vegetables, all of those are so low in starches and sugars, but they're so loaded with fiber. They actually fill your stomach, physically stretching your stomach and regulating hunger hormones, making us feel really satisfied for a long period of time, slowing gastric emptying, which is like the emptying of your stomach. And so what's so cool is when you think about the snacks I mentioned, the beef sticks, the olives, these are mostly protein and fat, fat and fiber, the cucumber, the carrots, the red peppers, these are fiber and water and water-soluble vitamins like vitamin C, phytochemicals and antioxidants. Like that is what should primarily make up our kids' diets. Now, I have two toddlers. I know how hard it is to get your kids to eat healthy. So for me, it's all about everything, just like having grace with myself as a mom, but really thinking about, okay, if I'm serving up a carbohydrate, how do I add protein, fat, and fiber to slow it down? How do I opt for things that are going to be a lower glycemic option or pairing them correctly? So a great example that I give some of my moms is say, for example, you were going to serve your kids pancakes. Pancakes are pretty much a processed carbohydrate. And if you're drizzling maple syrup on top, that is a double spike. So our blood sugar is spiking from the pancakes and then it's spiking from the maple syrup. So how do we slow down the digestion of that meal? Well, you can add a little grass-fed butter. You can throw some chia seeds and some flax seeds into that pre-made mix. You can make pancakes made with a little bit of egg and banana instead of- Or like avocado or maybe sweet potato. Like, could you add, yeah. Or do you have to serve pancakes? And that's another thing to consider. You don't have to serve pancakes. Mm. You really can consider all the other options like eggs, like chia seed pudding, like smoothies. I mean, I'm known for this for smoothies only because the majority of people that put smoothies in a, you know, make smoothies for their kids, blend them up in the, in the kitchen for themselves. They're using orange juice or coconut water or a sweetened nut milk. They're throwing a banana, a date, berries. There's no protein. There's no fat. There's no fiber. All that's going to be is a blood sugar roller coaster. And it's going to make your kids feel energized, 
hyperactive and it go, their blood sugar is going to spike for 90 minutes, about the 90 minute mark or the two hour mark, they're going to start to crash. Their blood sugar is being put away into their cells, in their liver, in their muscles. Their blood sugar is starting to crash. What are they craving? They're craving more sugar. They have an inability to learn and focus. Their mood declines. They're feeling more depressed, more anxious, more irritable. They have a shorter fuse. I mean, the amount of research coming out on kids' attention, their ability to learn, regulate mood. We already know toddlers are learning to regulate their mood. So to throw them in a, into a blood sugar roller coaster, and it really disheartening for me to hear parents say, well, my kids can handle it. Like I can't, kids can handle sugar. Just wait till they get older. Sugar is the detrimental effects of sugar is not weight gain on your waist and your child's like their microbiome is changing from that sugar, their ability. Like I said, they're the way that we're setting them up for success and their ability to learn is changing. And so we, we cannot think about sugar and sweetened foods as just, this is something that makes us gain weight. We have to think about all the detrimental effects that are contributing to our overall well-being. Can you speak into that? That's what I want. One of the questions I had for you today was really speaking in, especially for children, but then also for adults. I think we think around kids are resilient. Kids can handle sugar. Kids, you know, they'll bounce or whatever. Like we don't think about the consequences and kids deserve treats and kids deserve, you know, grandma giving them this or that, or, you know, whatever the talk track is based on how we grew up. You know, I grew up on Kool-Aid and Pop-Tarts and cornflakes, and there was a sugar bowl on the table. You know, and we we had and no one was regulating how much sugar we put into our cereal. Like this was the way I was brought up. And so I think about how many, how many families were brought up this way, you know, whether it was the 80s or the 70s, even the 90s, you know, with like gogurts and you know, all this nasty stuff. We don't, I don't make pancakes for my toddler. We I don't make any, there's nothing processed that Kingston eats. Today was salmon cauliflower rice, zucchini, um, blueberries and raspberries, and um, a little bit of avocado. That was breakfast. Well, see, first of all, I want to say it's really important to point out that that is self-care. That is you caring for your child. Those are whole foods. Children are not deprived when they don't have access to sugar and there needs to be a time and place. I think what ends up happening, and it's just like eating as an adult, we can get into the routine of eating healthy, clean proteins, organic, wild salmon, like you're saying, full of DHA and EPA, those long chain omega-3s. We can serve up those non-starchy vegetables like zucchini and cauliflower. We're feeding the microbiome. We're getting the phytochemicals that activate NRF2, which is anti-tumor necrosis enzymes. Like all of these amazing things are happening with that meal. You've got the polyphenols that we know now are like so critical to brain health and just overall microbiome health. So many amazing things on that plate. What I always tell my parents is that they need to go back and look at the history of their eating as a child. I, like you, grew up on Capri Suns. I grew up on everything from Costco, the, the frosted animal cookies, the pink and white animal cookies, the taquitos, the bagel bites. Like that was my childhood. It was very processed from a can, but that was the generation of parents who were like, you've made it if you're using hamburger helper and cream of chicken soup to make a casserole and all of this baked goods or whatever the case may be. And the reality is like, and we will continue to learn this is fast and easy does not equate to health and sugar doesn't need to be a reward. And we also need to look at like our childhood. I think 
when our children go to school, it becomes a different story. Or when they're at a birthday party, it becomes a different story. That's where, you know, the parents need to have a conversation around like, uh, what are we allowing and what are our boundaries and rules around sugar? And the rules around sugar for adults are the same with kids. You might go off the rails for a while, but you need to have that come to Jesus conversation. You need to have that moment, that rock bottom where you're like, whoa, things are out of control and we need to have boundaries. It is so much easier to start having boundaries when you start that way when your children are little. But I'm sure there are parents listening that have kids in elementary school and junior high that maybe have allowed their kids to have a lot of sugar. And now they're really seeing those detrimental effects, whether it be like their grades or the stress that they're under, anxiety, depression, things that are absolutely impacted by the nutrition that we eat and they want to make a change. I think the best thing to do is to make your home a safe place. And remember that just because you're not giving your kids pancakes every day, doesn't mean you don't love them. Like all your children really want is quality time with you. And guess what? You're going to give them better quality time when your blood sugar is balanced, when you're not craving, when you're not crashing, when you're not irritable, when you can focus, because all of these same effects that I'm talking about for children when they have proper blood sugar balance we have as adults. I mean, I was just reading an article this morning, actually, Lilly is a big pharmaceutical company and they are in phase three trials on this amazing quote unquote, amazing weight loss drug. And guess what it does? It affects hormones that are hunger hormones that are impacted when we have blood sugar balance. What they're trying to do is lower the amount of insulin being released into the bloodstream. They're lowering or slowing gastric emptying and elongating a blood sugar curve. Guess what? Eating whole foods, eating protein, healthy fats, non-starchy vegetables, mixing those meals and eating meals instead of grazing and snacking all day and supporting blood sugar balance, you can have the effects of this quote unquote, amazing weight, promising weight loss drug by actually just eating whole foods and pulling the processed carbohydrates, the liquid sugars, and really just focusing on making meals at home. And so you know, I bang my head against a wall because I'm like, all these people want a quick fix. In reality, we've had the keys to the kingdom the whole time. And it comes down to not needing a quick fix. It comes back to going back to whole foods and focusing on that. So if you're tuning into this podcast, you're a mom, you're feeding your kids lots of sugar, you're on this blood sugar roller coaster, you're grabbing for fast, a fast breakfast, like a muffin or a sugary coffee or something like that, start with the first meal of the day. It is critically the most important. If we can create satiety with that first meal of the day, protein being really key in doing that and mixing it with some healthy fat and fiber-rich foods, whether that's berries or vegetables or whatever, you are going to elongate that blood sugar curve because protein's not breaking down to glucose and fat is not breaking down to glucose. I mean, and it the- takes an excessive amount of protein to break down to glucose. You know, you'd have, it's excessive amounts. (laughs) And that is, that is like another thing to point out because keto has become so popular and people are really worried about their protein intake with keto. The reality is a lot of times I'm sitting down with the majority of women I work with, especially in the perimenopause phase are under eating protein. They're having zero satiety. They're having a really hard time holding onto muscle mass because of fluctuation in in sex hormones. They are maybe in moving towards retirement or um, slowing down, having enjoying their life a little bit more. There may be more alcohol, like wine in their life. And so this is this where they look at me and say, well, my metabolism just slowed down. And I'm like, no, no, you need uh-uh. to be strategic. 
like, we're yes, not you don't, it doesn't need to happen that way. We yeah. can pivot. <laughs> yes. And so we think about like, how can you be strategic? Well, if you're under eating protein, then your body is not going to hold on to the lean muscle mass that you've built. If you're not lifting weights or getting sore, you're not going to hold on to that lean muscle mass that metabolizes. That is the storage place for sugar. It is your, it is your saving grace for it sugar, is. right? It's your saving grace. Like we have to have that muscle mass. You know, I, this is, this is the, the conversation we have so often here on the show, you know, of how do we preserve our metabolic flexibility or how do we gain metabolic flexibility so that our brain works, so that our cardiovascular system is working properly, so that we can step into that next phase on our own terms with our, you know, whatever that looks like for us, really understanding what's going on with our bodies, how we can get our metabolism on point. And yeah, it, it starts with protein. And I think every woman I talk to is eating an under amount, what they need for protein sources. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen it in your practice, but just like under eating protein, overeating carbohydrates, stressing that liver with alcohol so that there is a lower ability to manage our glucose levels. And so then you see this dysregulation, you see that blood sugar roller coaster happening, excessive hyperinsulinemia, this state where our body is inflamed and it's, it's never actually metabolically flexible. It's never in a place where it can burn fat or go through lipolysis. And instead it's just in a storage state an inflamed state. And it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes we see women go into menopause or it seems like they're going into menopause, but then we clean up their diet. And, and those- yes, it disappears. You know, the big conversation I have as a, as a doctor, a, women, a women's hormone practitioner is although the sex hormones are changing, the foundation of why we're seeing this roller coaster of symptoms, perimenopause into menopause is metabolic hormones, is 100% metabolic hormones. If your metabolism and blood sugar is all over the place and you're just in constant, you know, glucose utilization and hyperinsulinemia, yeah, when progesterone and testosterone starts to starts to drop, it's going to hit the fan. But if we can stabilize that metabolism and that's what's going to soar us through 50s, 60s and beyond, gosh, it looks so different. It looks so different. Ease and grace. It's like a strut more than it is a a, a stumble (laughs) into into menopause. And you're giving people that hope. Like truly that is... I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. I've been talking about blood sugar for 10 years and now it's finally popular because people have continuous glucose monitors and yes, there you go. (laughs) Levels, shout out, love them. I'm a huge fan of Casey Means and everything she's created at Levels. Um, I have clients, I put clients on it. It's the fastest way for them to learn how to support their blood sugar balance because what you really start to realize is that, yeah, a poor night's sleep, you deal with insulin resistance the whole next day. You are unable to manage carbohydrates in the same way. And a poor night's sleep could come from stress. It could come from alcohol, excess wine, the things like that. It could, you know, there are just that frappuccino. Yeah. It that, is just- that, yeah. I want to take a little moment, um, Kelly, and talk about liquid sugars. Mm-hmm. I just want to just shine a light on liquid sugars for a minute, whether it's the wind down because you deserve it you know, or it is that 3 p.m., you know, vanilla latte or frappuccino. It Maybe it's just a tall, you know, it's not a lot. Maybe it's only one pump, you know, like the way that we oh. kind of, you know, strategize and try to make it work. But I have never seen a blood sugar, a stable blood sugar level on anyone after consuming a liquid sugar, whether it's Gatorade or a frappuccino, or like you said, dates, 
Asahi, banana, d- you know, all the things you put in a smoothie, that no, no protein, no fats, no healthy fats, no, no fibers, no leafy vegetables. You know, you just, you'll see this massive spike and then you see that, that insane crash, right? So talk to, I would love to just, I, I feel like we should, we need to highlight a little bit of this because I feel like it's the elephant in the room when it comes to blood sugar that we keep excusing. Oh, well, first of all, it is the number one contributor to childhood obesity, type 2 diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And the reason for that is when you think about a liquid sugar, you have the sweet part of it, which is fructose. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other half. So you have a liquid, any kind of sugar, sucrose. Sucralose or sucrose or glucose. Yeah. Fructose and it's glucose. So glucose is going to massively spike blood sugar. Fructose is funneled to the liver Mm -hmm. to be metabolized there. And if there's no space there or it's in excess, which it's coming in fast and hard friends. And so what's it going to turn into? It's going to turn into triglycerides. And so those are fats in the blood and those fats need to ride in cholesterol particles. And so you see this like what you don't even realize is this whole cardiovascular impact that's going to happen with an elevation in triglycerides and bad cholesterol, bad cholesterol ratios. And on top of that, you have all this glucose spiking blood sugar. So it's horrible to see, but we're seeing it in children, the highest rates of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And our liver is one, I would argue one of the most important organs in our body. It's, it's our detoxifying organ. It is our metabolizing organ. It is responsible for getting rid of excess hormones, preventing estrogen dominance. It's responsible for getting rid of really old cholesterol and keeping our heart and our arteries and our veins healthy. Like it is, and I have to like put a caveat here. Cholesterol is a phenomenal phenomenal for our body and our brain needs it. We need fresh, healthy cholesterol, not old, basically like old rotted cholesterol. Uh, Yeah. Oxidized. Yeah. Just kind of messed up metabolized cholesterol. We need to, just like estrogen, we need to move it through. Exactly right. And our liver is responsible for that. But guess what? If we're eating and drinking liquid sugar, it is going to prioritize the metabolism of that fructose and it will prioritize bringing that blood sugar down because those two chemical substrates, they are detrimental to our body and our brain and our body's job is to survive. And so when we look at blood sugar and we look at liquid sugar, there's nothing it needs to do to be digested. It literally is seeping through the epithelial lining or that there's one layer of cells in your intestines that is, it is just flowing right through. It is entering your bloodstream. It is spiking fast and hard. And your pancreas is overreacting, dumping a bunch of insulin into the bloodstream to manage it. And what ends up happening is not only do you have this fast, hard spike, you can have reactive hypoglycemia where your body is pumping so much insulin into your bloodstream and it's plummeting that blood sugar so quickly that you're shaky, you're irritable. You get to this place where you feel zero control around food. And so one of the most freeing and liberating things I think for most of my clients is that I'm not telling them they can never have something sweet. I'm not telling them like, I am just, all I say is focus on the fab four, protein, fat, fiber, and leafy greens or vegetables deep in color. If you have those four things on your plate at every meal, your plate is naturally balanced to support blood sugar balance. You don't have to understand the science, but I really truly think science is the most motivating thing for clients. When they start to understand that one pump of sugar 
in my coffee is causing me to, for the next six hours, have this blood sugar roller coaster up 90 minutes, crashing 90 minutes. Then I want something more, want something sweet. And either I try to white knuckle it through and overeat at lunch and end up quote unquote, trying to be good, ordering a salad that maybe only has two and a half ounces of protein on it. And there's a piece of bread in the bag and I'm reaching for it. And I feel like a failure. And then there's this shame and failure and guilt cycle that's happening for women and enough is enough. How do I get you to a place where you aren't thinking about food, where your blood sugar is balanced for an average of four to six hours, where you roll into lunch in a balanced state so that you can make those healthier decisions. You can make those balanced decisions without effort. Like it's not going to happen when we're pumping sugar into our coffee. Mm. And I love that four to six hour window too, because our mitochondria, our cells, our gut, our liver, they need a break that, you know, our, our metabolic function needs a break as well. And, you know, to be able to go that four to six hours just really gives our body, you know, so many of my, my women, my patients are just depleted, low energy, exhausted. And it's because we have so much damaged mitochondria. The last thing they want is more food coming in at snack time, you know, and, and just, if you're constantly having to deal with all of those substrates, it's an exhausting process, as you mentioned. Right. Well, and that's the crazy part is, is when we think about what people used to preach five to six small meals a day to balance your blood sugar. No, they were preventing reactive hypoglycemia. They were Mm -hmm. preventing a major crash by saying, Oh, well, you'll just eat every three hours. So you go out for 90 minutes, you come down for 90 minutes. And when you start to feel like we'll just give you a snack and take you up and crash you down. And then you'll have lunch. But what they didn't realize is over time from breakfast to dinner, this curve was not going up and coming back down to a healthy level. It was slowly over the day, making its way up to the 120s, the 130s. They're going to bed with elevated glucose with an inability to have true cleansing with an inability to have their mitochondria have a break, the glymphatic cleansing that happens in the brain, the removing of amyloid plaque. We need space and time. We need our blood sugar in a balanced state to do that. And this five to six small meals a day, the only way that that was working for someone was if they were in a caloric deficit in such a planned little way, only if their mitochondria was like sort of working right. And the reality is like, I personally think in the last decade, calories don't count. They backfire because they're not considering blood sugar balance. It's not considering your microbiome. It's not considering your mitochondria. It's not considering whole foods and the phytochemicals and the amino acids and the fatty acids that you need to feel satisfied and what you need to get from your food to feel your best. And ultimately it's just a way to make you feel like you're a failure. Yeah. Shameful. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's the shame loop, right? It, it is absolutely how I always think about food. It's exactly, you know, it's, it's about metabolic health. It's about blood sugar stabilization. It's about energy. It's about feeding those mitochondria. I always say you're eating to feed your gut and protect your liver. And for men and women, I, I serve, I serve everybody by serving women, but I, you know, and, and, but I think about women in particular, like how much we're just, we're just having to clear that estrogen that we're trying to clear, letting our liver do its job. And when you're, you're right, when we are having to deal with that much fructose all the time and your liver, either fructose or alcohol, you know, and, or both, if you've had that frozen margarita, your body's like having to deal with both at the same time, or your liver is, you know, it has to put on the brakes 
doing all of its other hundreds of jobs just to manage this emergency moment because every time we're consuming those types of substrates, you know, processed sugar, it is an inflammatory emergency in the body. And I'm so glad that you pointed that out. I don't think people realize how insidious it is. Yeah, it's really tough. And you know what? It's it's interesting. I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited, like I said, that we have CGMs and that we have an ability to take I know there's some backlash around it where people are saying this, if you're not diabetic, this is like another, this is another issue, but what it's shedding light on it is, is the, the major issue that we're having is the abundance of liquid sugars that people are ingesting, the dysregulation of blood sugar, the constant eating. It's a flashlight. Something that even looking back on the last few years with the pandemic, when everyone was at home and they had access to 24 access to their pantry and their, their refrigerator and their freezer and the stress and uh, just what we were all under and the amount of emotional eating and drinking that was happening. You know, I'm happy to see this sobriety movement happening, the sober curious where people are really pulling back on the amount of alcohol or, or looking at it as a whole, like I can't really get away with these frozen margaritas because my liver can't handle both. And it was interesting because in the beginning of my career, when I had clients, the juicing craze was happening. It was like 2012, 2013, when I first started seeing clients and I would have clients who would juice cleanse, and then they'd want to go drink wine or tequila with their girlfriends. And I'm like, something's got to give here. You either need to be having eggs and leafy greens or salmon and veggies, a grass-fed burger, lettuce wrapped, and then having your beer or your wine or your tequila, but you cannot literally fill your, your liver with fructose and beet juice and carrot juice. I know that it's natural, but everything is natural. So what you need to understand is the abundance of sugar that you're ingesting all day long, hoping that you're going to quote unquote cleanse when all you're really doing is causing your liver to have more work. I just want to take a moment, like the, the level of misunderstanding there of how the liver works, mm. you know, and it's just mind blowing. I'm like, that's not how the liver works. Mm. Uh, it's not doing you any favors. And then, yeah. And then top it off with a, a little tequila cherry on top. Just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, mm. I'm so glad we, we shine a light on liquid sugars. And I, I also want to just shine a light on liquid sugars for children and toddlers really quickly as well. You know, one of the, we live in San Diego, we live in, well, in um, Encinitas. And we, I love the San Diego Zoo. I take kinks into the zoo all the time. We just have the bla a blast there. But I'm, I'm, you know, families galore. All the, all the toddlers, all the young kids. And, you know, it's the most heartbreaking experience for me to be there and see kids know, they, they know how to point out the blue Gatorade or they know how to point out the red Gatorade. Like they know the language around it and, and watching them consuming all these types of sugar drinks that are considered healthy drinks. Kingston drinks water. Yeah. Water. That's it. <laughs> water. And I'm still breastfeeding, but that's, that's it. <laughs> you know, there's nothing else. There's, you know, that we're, we're serving him. He loves water. It's, it's what he knows, you know, and um, I'd love to just speak into what should our kids be drinking? I mean, my kids and I, smoothies. Don't don't get me wrong. There's some smoothies I would too. Say the, the <laughs> drinks that my kids drink are uh, water. Their Fab Four smoothie, which the Fab Four smoothie just takes the Fab Four and puts it in your blender. So instead of coconut water, banana, date, goji berries, blended up with coconut milk or blended up with, you know, the coconut water, that is all liquid sugar. So the Fab Four smoothie says, okay, if you're going to make a smoothie for yourself or your kids, 
that's fine. I'm on board for it. I love adding greens and veggies and all that stuff, but let's do the fab four. So pick a protein source, maybe grass-fed whey and maybe collagen. You may decide that you want to use a grass-fed Greek yogurt or a sheep's yogurt. You may want to use bone broth as the base. You pick the protein of choice that you want to use for yourself and your family. Then you pick a fat. So add a fourth of an avocado, add a handful of walnuts or cashews, fiber. Can you add a tablespoon of chia, a tablespoon of flax? Can you add some frozen cauliflower rice? Can you add a cucumber? Like how are you adding fiber? And then leafy greens and fiber and leafy greens are separate because leafy greens, people think I ate a salad. I got so much fiber. You sit down to two big cups of spinach. You're getting one to two grams of fiber. That is not feeding your microbiota. It is not proliferating that bacteria. It is not helping to eliminate your bowels to then get rid of excess estrogen and cholesterol and all the things that need to leave that way. Toxins, you name it, dead bacteria, all of it. So fiber and leafy greens are separate. So protein, fat, fiber, and greens. And how do you add that to your blender? So my kids have, they have water. They have a Fab Four smoothie, bone broth. They also have tea. So we use peak oh, yeah. um, tea and they have ginger, they have robios, they have caffeine-free teas. They're mm-hmm. triple tested for mold, pesticides, and heavy metals. They dissolve their powder. They dissolve directly in the water. You know, my kids are known to drink, um, known to drink tea, which is kind of like interesting. Iced, is it, I usually make him iced tea. I use peak teas too. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, and then also like any type of spa water. So we'll slice up strawberries and basil. We'll do lemons and limes, but yeah, it is difficult. You know, Bash did ask, he um, just had his, he had his third birthday in October and his number one request, cause he had been going to preschool for a few months and the kids were getting juice was, could he have juice boxes at his birthday party? And, um, you know, hmm. I found, I know it was tough. Like I want to be able to not say no to everything or not make things super off limits when they ask me for something directly. And so I ended up doing hint waters, which are, they come in little juice boxes and, you know, my kids aren't having quote unquote natural flavors or in hint water is like, is like spin drift in that it's a tastes like cherry. It's they're using a cherry natural flavor. I'm not in the habit of like having these things around, but I thought it was a fun birthday party thing that I felt okay compromising on for his birthday party. And it was something that, you know, we had at the birthday party, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of liquid sugars and I'm looking to avoid them as much as possible based on the fact that I know not only am I going to deal with a toddler who's having a tantrum or needs to sleep it off. It just creates that blood sugar roller coaster, which when they've had those type of days, even if it's a day where they've had like a couple birthday parties and there's more sugar than normal, they start under eating protein. They want more carbohydrates. You serve up a meal, they only eat the rice. And it's like, I have to take a beat with them. And anytime, and Bash is at the age now where after a birthday party, if he's crying and feeling a little out of sorts, I will literally sit down on the carpet with him in his room, hold him and be like, let's just talk about it. Whenever we have stuff like that, it makes us really hyper. It makes us happy. It makes us excited. It tastes delicious. But sometimes when we have too much, we feel tired and we feel irritable and we want to cry and we don't know why. So maybe we could go downstairs and have like a little bit of chicken or I have like, I always keep like little meatballs around because mm-hmm. I'll eat yeah. them like mini sliders style yeah. stuff. And I'll be like, let's go have, and I'm really, I try to be proactive before even a birthday party, knowing like not even liquid, like, but even just a process, like he's going to get a cookie at this party or he's going to get 
and to say like, how can I modulate his response? And I can do that by making sure he has a full meal before he goes to something like that. I think, and any of us can benefit from that. You know, any of us going to a birthday party or going to a cocktail hour with besties or going to brunch, you know, make yourself a, I love the fab four. You know, I always talked about fiber specifically, just fiber, protein, healthy fats. We throw in frozen cauliflower. We throw in leafy greens. I love arugula because I love the bitterness for the liver. And then we throw in a bone broth protein and it's usually water as our base. Um, And then some, some fresh, you know, frozen berries or something like that. But yeah, just priming, just getting the body ready, like having, meeting those kind of blood sugar, you know, balancing requirements before we go somewhere where, you know, you potentially are going to get sabotaged, right? That, you know, yeah. it's going to happen, especially depending on who you're part, who the event is. Like, luckily we have, I have a lot of friends. We all eat very similar, you know, so you're not going to see a lot of processed stuff, but occasionally we go somewhere and, you know, it, there's not a lot of, it's, it's slim pickings in right. terms of, of what it is. Luckily, Kingston isn't going to birthday parties yet. He's still, still a little bit, 18 months. So. Oh yeah. You haven't gotten there yet. So no. I mean, the beauty of it, like with Sebastian, my oldest, he's now three and a half. He'll be four in October. And I just remember like thinking to myself, not that it's so easy, but I remember being like, this is so nice. Like he wasn't in preschool yet. We weren't going to birthday parties. He literally like, I'd be like, this is a slaw made with cabbage and like, you know, like vinegar and he's downing it. Like, and that's something to be like, you're at that place right now at 18 months, which is my youngest. There's something called the flavor window and that's between six months and 18 months where if you're introducing a variety of colors, flavors, and like from umami to sour to bitter, you name it to your child before that 18 month window, they actually accept foods within three to five introductions, which is after the 18 month mark when kids are, you know, when they're like, my child is picky. If you haven't introduced those flavors in that flavor window, it can take upwards of 20 to 30 introductions for a child to accept a food as delicious or be willing to eat it kind of continuously or as part of their daily habits. So I always tell my moms when the, when they first have a child, have your child eat what you eat eat the biggest variety you can before the 18 month window. Every time you go to a grocery store, pick something new. I don't care if it's a radish, a leek, like pick something random that you don't normally cook or eat because that is going to truly create the most diverse palate. And even if they go through that, cause they will, it's less of a picky stage. I call it an independence phase where they're like, I want to tell you what I want to wear. I also want to tell you what I want to eat, that mm-hmm. it is really more about them showing their independence and less about them not liking the food because they eventually come right back around and, and eat the foods that they were introduced to before 18 months. We've been working pretty steadily on introducing so many new foods constantly. I mean, lots of it's it's still within my you know realm of uh, lots of vegetables, lots of different types of vegetables, lots of different types of healthy proteins, lots of different types of healthy fats. That's where we're we're creating the palette of (laughs) food. It's just within those parameters. Um, So there's no other items that we're introducing at this moment. So so good, so good. Well, Kelly, honey, it's, oh my gosh, it's been, I'm just so grateful we had the opportunity to really talk not only what we can be doing for our nieces and nephews and, and grandchildren and children, but also this all translates to how we deserve to be treating our bodies as well and how we can show up not only for our kids, but for our best friends, for our partners, for the people that we work with. I know that inherently, logically, we know that so much of our mood, our ability to focus, 
concentration, being on edge or not has so much to do with what we eat. And I think until like start, you really shift that and you have a month where you only focus on the fab four, you know, only focusing on the fab four, like the rest of it can be put to the wayside for a second that you really can feel the difference. If that's not something that people are willing to commit to, I'm so grateful that you're getting people on CGMs as well, because there's something to be, there's something to be said about seeing it in real time, watching your blood sugar go up to 185 milligrams per deciliter a hockey stick, that is real. You know what I'm saying? Like that is tangible evidence. That's the science that you were talking about of like, oh my gosh, when I, I had no idea. I thought I could just get away with sugar in my coffee in the morning. I didn't feel it, you know, and then you see it on the CGM and you're just like, oh my goodness. I had no idea. I was starting my day like that. Totally. And I think people aren't really even, sometimes they don't even take a minute to check in with their body. And what a CGM allows them to do is go, oh, I am hockey sticking up to 185. I do feel sort of irritable. I do feel kind of yucky. They start to connect what's actually happening in their body with the symptoms they're feeling, with the food choices they're making. And what they ultimately end up doing is coming on over to the Fab Four or eating a, a mixed macronutrient meal, some whole foods like protein, fat, veggies. And they start to see, wow, I can get really full I can feel really good and I don't have to do much to support that blood sugar balance. And it is just a nice, I call it like, it's like a rolling hill versus like a huge crashing wave or a roller coaster. It just, they just roll into the next meal and you're like, ah, I'm kind of hungry. I'm starting to feel it. It's not like I'm going to kill someone. I need to eat something. Like it's an emergency. (laughs) You shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. You don't have to feel that way. Well, and I love that you have a Fab Four course, not only for adults and children, but also for women in pregnancy. Yeah. Well, we just see like, I mean, I have, there are a number of videos. So I have, I have the Fab Four Fundamentals, which is anyone who just wants to understand blood sugar balance for themselves. Fab Four Under Four, which is talks about introducing foods to kids, the importance of that flavor window, the importance of the variety, how to expose and model behavior with your children. Like, I think you're in such a sweet spot with Kingston because I look at that and I think, when people have the time and they, and they say like, wow, this is really, take a minute to say, this is a really special time in my child's life. Not only is their microbiome developing, they're born with a leaky gut and we have the ability through breast milk and food to really support the healing of that gut and the, and the development of that microbiome. Not only that, but they're having the most explosive brain growth in that first five years of life from in utero to actually, you know, the first 1000 days is what they talk about in research, but just to know that those nutrients play a key role, whether it be choline or, you know, B vitamins like folate and like proper form. So I found that through my pregnancies and through raising my boys and introducing them to food, that these were such critical times in what does our nutrient intake look like? What does our blood sugar balance look like? How are we supporting our microbiome? And so I take the fab four and I give you the resources in the fab four pregnancy and fab four under four to really make it a lifestyle. And what I was going to say is you're in the sweet spot with Kingston where it is actually a really beautiful time to not only take care of him, but what you ultimately end up doing is taking care of your whole entire family and you too. And you being able to model it, it's not about like, I'm doing this for my vanity. I'm doing this for, you're doing it. It's generational health. It's Mm -hmm. changes over generations that you're able to gift your child. And it gives me like full body chills thinking about someone listening to this and feeling inspired to just not stress out about the food, but just to say, I'm going to look at my plate and I'm just going to look for a source of protein 
source of healthy fat and some fiber and greens. Like, have I added that? I mean, I will say sometimes I'm so not creative and I will serve up some chicken sausage for breakfast. And I'm like, kind of have a smoothie for me that I might've like given my kids a sip of. And then I'm like, all right, if you're not going to eat the berries, like I'm slicing red peppers or cucumbers at breakfast. And I'm like, you have raw veggie crudite here, or here's last night's roasted broccoli that I'm just <laughs> sauteing in a pan. And it doesn't have to be breakfast food, it's, but just to know it's in my never head, breakfast food for us. Yeah. You know, it's always leftovers or it's, it's, we, we've all, we've prepped so much food. You know, we've, we have our sauteed zucchini and chick or in, and carrot medley. We've got our roasted cauliflower and carrots and, and, you know, and we have salmon from last night. And so that's kind of how we think about it. We have little meatballs ready to go. You know, these are just like, you know, to make it as easy as possible, we just do massive prep and then we can just grab and go and create different medleys of yeah. that combo for, for Kingston. It's kind of how we do it. So I love it. I love it. That's my favorite way to eat. I'm like, give me a bowl. Yeah, exactly. A big <laughs> trophy bowl, salad bowl, cauliflower rice bowl, like you name it, like just roasted veggies. Give me a tahini sauce, green goddess yes. sauce and a protein. Like any one of my like regular roasted meals can turn into a bowl with a fun sauce. And that's the way to do it. Mm, I love that. And then, yeah, I love, I love that you do smoothies. One of my favorite smoothies that you made recently on Insta was the strawberry smoothie with the frozen cauliflower. And I just loved, and the protein powder and everything. And your, your protein powder is amazing. So if someone was looking for a place to start in their morning, a smoothie is so easy and having a good protein source as easy as a protein powder is so, so easy to make that work. Totally. I think one thing I will say about protein Mm -hmm. before we finish up today is that I had been talking and using protein powder and smoothies with my clients for close to eight years before I came out with my own protein powder. I mean, I get clients ready for red carpets and movie roles, and we have to hit weight and body composition goals. And I had mentioned that people sometimes under eat protein or they start their day with a high glycemic meal, which then dysregulates their blood sugar and has them eating, you know, white knuckling it and eating poorly the rest of the day. So I use a smoothie, um, but protein is really interesting because there was this movement where it was like an all-in-one. It had prebiotics, probiotics, added vitamins. And I want to stress that the protein is just a protein supplement for a whole food smoothie that is loaded with phytochemicals, fiber, leafy greens, whole foods. We do not need an all-in-one. You want it to be simple, pure, clean quality. And when you think about it, you also want it to be not chemically extracted. So the proteins that do not require chemical extraction include whey. So if you don't have a problem to dairy, grass-fed whey is the process of making curds and whey and dehydrating the whey water. That makes that protein. Next would be a bone broth protein or a grass-fed beef isolate. So I created a grass-fed beef isolate from 100% pasture-raised cows in Sweden. It is making bone broth and skimming the fat and dehydrating the water. So what you're going to get there is a protein rich powder that's just coming from dehydrated bone broth. You know, when it comes to plant-based proteins, it becomes a little bit more difficult to get a chemical free extraction because how are you getting the protein out of a pea when there's no real process? There are some enzymatic processes, but there are some cool proteins coming out. I'm actually launching a vegan protein. It's the chocho bean. So the lupini bean is a lectin-free bean complete protein. And so it's the powder of the lupini bean and the variety we're using is from Peru. It's called the chocho bean. And so it literally is a bean powder that is lectin-free and a complete protein. So if someone is plant-based, 
that's actually a real need because it's hard to get bioavailable protein that makes you feel satisfied. And so I'm super excited about launching that, but look for something that is protein and either unflavored or organic vanilla, organic cacao, and a little bit of monk fruit. Potentially you don't want alcohol sugars. You don't want added sugars. You don't need added prebiotics, probiotics. A lot of the vitamins that are being added to protein powders are unmethylated. They're poor quality. And so just this, the more simple, the better. I love it. I love simple, the better. And I think that's such the big context of today's conversation is simple, the better, right? How to make that plate. Kelly, honey, thank you so much for coming on and happy mother's day to you, girl. Have an amazing day with your mama. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to, this conversation just made things feel so simple, but also highlighted a lot of the of the major concerns that I think we need to be thinking about. So, I, you know, I'm glad that blood sugar is becoming more of a thing. I know you've been talking about it for so long, and I'm so grateful to get to highlight your brilliance today on this topic. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I feel like I could talk about blood sugar for another decade, so I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need it still. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you so much. As Kelly mentioned, blood sugar balance is becoming more and more front and center today. And I cannot tell you how much of a good thing I think that is. For decades, I believe we operated on ignorance is bliss when it comes to food, especially when it comes to sugar's part in our food and the impact it had on our systemic inflammation. We know now that sugar leads to a lot of inflammation and chronic diseases, not only in adults, but in children too. So one of the areas that I'm really glad we highlighted today was talking about liquid sweeteners and liquid sugar drinks. Food companies disguise so much of this sugar in our drinks, beverages, sauces, dressings. I mean, gosh, and all of the, the box foods on our shelves and it, it just goes unnoticed. And over time really, really makes a mark on our health. And, um, and it's having a profound impact on major chronic diseases in this country. I am so committed to really having people understand how insidious sugar is that I list out, I wanna say dozens and dozens of names that we disguise sugar as in my EO Hormone Solution book. And that's why I'm so grateful that Kelly shared her fab for philosophy today and how easy it is to create a healthy dinner using the four categories of food. So if balancing your blood sugar with your plate is something that you really are committed to, you want to know more about, I highly recommend checking out Kelly's fab Four fundamentals program and recipes. She makes it so simple and her protein powder is amazing. I know she shares a lot of green smoothie recipes on her site, so definitely go check that out. Check out the protein powder. And if you do want, go check out the link for my free smoothie guide. It will also be in the show notes today for this episode um, so that you are set and ready to go and really just operating from that place of creating good blood sugar balance, feeding that gut, loving that liver. Well, thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast today. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this, right? That needs to hear how easy it can be to balance their plate. Take a moment, screenshot this episode, share, send it on over to them, share it on social. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy. And if you do share it on social, hashtag hormone CEO. 